You get, you get what, what you need. need. Doesn't matter how long you slept with your legs up the headboard. <laughs> so the so many times we do feel out of control. And then that's when all of our negative thoughts start happening, right? It doesn't give us a moment to pause. Keep feeding what else brain did it with teach words. me? What else did it teach me, Shannon? You were kind of there. The most important factor to a healthy well-being is feeling connected. Welcome, Welcome to From There to, to Here. A safe place where we will explore some of life's adventures so that you do not feel alone. Happy Monday! So we want to get your week started off on a positive note. So what is in your heart lens this week, Miss Jess? Today, I'm taking a little different spin on it. Okay. So instead of just throwing out something I'm grateful for or a joy, I want to talk about how I shifted a thought a little bit because sometimes our heart lens is about being able to take something that might not be positive and shift it, right? So mine this um, today is we were doing a lot of traveling last weekend and I, I could look at it as like, uh, we have to drive <laughs> six hours in the car with a toddler this weekend, going to see all the people. But instead, <laughs> I choose to see that we get to go and see all of these people. We are so lucky to be surrounded by so much loving family. And um, I guess I could choose to see the time in the car, but instead I choose to see the loving family that we get to spend so much time with. And Jude gets all kinds of loving up on. So, Oh, that's nice. Yes. How about you? All right. My heart lens is about the weather. I know we said we were never going to talk about the weather. Um, but surprise, surprise, listeners, our podcast is not live. Um, this is pre-recorded. So the weather this week is supposed to be amazing. High 70s all week. I feel like maybe we skipped spring and we're going right into summer, which is totally okay for me because I love being outside and riding bikes and playing on the playground and taking walks. So boating. Yes. How could you forget that? Well, I told my husband, I was like, we need to get the boat out of storage. It's going to be 79. He was like, Shannon, the water is going to be cold. So we're not getting the boat out yet. What? I know. Not yet. He said. That is ridiculous. Uh, boo. Boo. We're getting ours out. So you guys just jump on. <laughs> Deal. All right, listeners, Gail commented on Facebook this week, looking in her heart, Gail has enjoyed seeing her kids happy and headed in a good direction. And, you know, thinking about, you know, Jess and I have littles, so this just must be a great feeling to have. You spend so much time and effort making sure that your kids are growing up happy that to see the result of that. So thank you so much, Gail, for looking into your heart lens with us, if any of you want to share your personal heart lens with us, we welcome you to leave a comment on our Facebook page or to email at us at podcast from there to here at Gmail. And we will read these joys during upcoming episodes. 
So in episode one, there was a comment I made about calming the need for control. Here's the clip Shannon is referencing. To just calm the control. Yeah. Ugh. That hurt saying, didn't it? Yeah, because I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I know in episode one, you had answered that question and you had said practice, right? Practice. Yes. Practice calming the control. So since recording episode one, I really have been thinking more about that and how do we as human beings calm our control when we so very much thrive on control. So do you have any ideas on how to do this, Shannon? <laughs> okay, so I have been reading this book for work. I'm in a book club. Uh, the book's by Mona Delahook. It's called Brain Body Parenting, How to Stop Managing Behavior and Start Raising Joyful, Resilient Kids. Um, for any parent out there, grandparent, teacher, educator, I really do recommend this book. But what I have been reading in regards to calming the control is how do we feel or what does it feel like when we are out of control? So I kind of wanted to start our discussion within this podcast there because I feel like so many times we do feel out of control and then that's when all of our negative thoughts start happening, right? So in the book, Jess, they talk about this body budget. And as educators, we talk a lot about um, like bucket filling. Mm -hmm. You remember yes. doing that? Okay. Have you so, filled a bucket today? Right. Um, and a lot of other like psychologists and clinicians use spoons theory. Mm -hmm. So in the book, it talks about body budget. So you have this budget and there are things that happen throughout your day, stressors that we really aren't in control of, and they deplete our budget. So for example, you might wake up in the morning and your budget is 100% filled. But as soon as you walk out the door, you notice you have a flat tire. Well, that flat tire is an uncontrolled stressor that has depleted your budget. So there are things that happen throughout our day that deplete the budget. So that means we need to do things for ourselves to refuel that budget. So maybe, oh, crap, my tire is flat. I'm going to be running late. So to turn that into something positive mm -hmm. or to do something now that's going to refuel the budget. Because we all know what it feels like when we have completely depleted our budget. For example, right. I did not sleep well last night, so I know that my body budget is already a little bit depleted. Mm -hmm. So I need to do something to refuel that. Otherwise... By the end of the day, I'm going to be one crabby ass person because yes. I have no budget left to give to my right. husband, my kids, mm -hmm. in, and I will potentially blow up, right? Mm -hmm. We have these huge emotions then when we have no budget left. Well, we respond to our emotions. I don't think it allows, when, when our budget has been depleted, it doesn't give us a moment to pause notice our emotion, and then respond. We're just responding because we're not in a 
a green zone, if I can right. if I yes. call it that. <laughs> yeah. So actually, um, in the book, Mona Delahook talks about a little bit about um, different platforms. Mm-hmm. And I think the green zone that you're referring to is from zones, zones of regulation, yes. right? And managing, um, being able to regulate your emotions and being able to identify what's happening to cause those emotions, Right. So she talks a little bit about a green zone in a different way that the green platform Mm -hmm. um, is similar to the green zone where you're feeling calm and regulated. But there are also other platforms to be mindful of Mm -hmm. and to be mindful in yourself, but also other people. Right. Because this book is about um, raising kids. So she talks about it in terms of being mindful of your own platform but then also your kids so that you can have a pause and parent to different um and have a different parenting reaction so like a red platform might mean that you are in a fight state of being and Mm -hmm. uh uh, i'm forgetting the color yellow platform Mm -hmm. um is in a state of you oh no blue platform blue is in a state of you've shut down okay so Um, But going back to where this kind of all circles back to being in feeling like the need to calm the control, I think we first need to identify what's happening inside of us. Right. And what is making us feel that way Mm -hmm. in order to calm the control. Like there's a step backwards we need to take. Right. I think in the last episode we did talk about some strategies that would help with this, right? Using positive affirmations as a one way for to refill your budget or whatever she calls it in the book. Yeah, but, budget. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, we did. We, we covered a lot of different strategies. So I think in this episode, we wanted to do kind of go even further and just to be in a state of knowing what's kind of happening. Sure. There are some images that I come across on social media, for example, where like there's a circle and some things are inside the circle. Those are things that are in my control. And then there are some things that are outside of the circle, which would be things that are out of my control. So the things in our control are boundaries we want to set, goals we set for ourselves, how we speak to our self, um, uh, thoughts and the actions of ourself, Mm -hmm. um, what we give our own energy to, and then some examples of things that are out of our control are the past and the future, the actions of others, what others think about us, what's happening around you, um, how others take care of themselves. So I think when we're trying to calm our own control, it's important to first realize, is this even in my control? Is this something that by me making a different choice is changing the outcome, right? Right. So focusing on what we can control and then creating actions in moments around that, right? So, I mean, like, we can't control getting pregnant. You can't just wave a magic wand and you're going to get nope. pregnant, right? Doesn't matter how many <laughs> sticks we pee on. Right. 
Doesn't matter how many shots we give ourselves. Doesn't matter how long you slept with your legs up the headboard <laughs> so the sperm would sink swim all the down, way swim, down. Right? Swim, swim, swim. We can't control that. Can't Not control. all of us, at least. No, nobody can control that. Well, some people think they can. Yes. And they kind of, <laughs> some people kind of have. Like, we just haven't. <laughs> So, and I think another piece when you were kind of going over the visual that you found on social media, Mm -hmm. um, which we can link that Mm -hmm. um, on Facebook, we can't control other people. We cannot control what other people are thinking of us. Right. And I think that is tricky when you're talking about being a social being, right? Sure. Yes. So I, I, I often find myself wanting to protect myself mm-hmm. from what other people are thinking of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this comes from like a hu- really bad middle school experience. <laughs> um, but I think that I will often protect myself by just staying home and not going out and doing things with people. Sure. Um, and in that way, I don't have to have the anxiety of Ooh, what are they going to think of me or what are they going to say about mm-hmm. me or do you wonder if by staying home that's actually reinforcing the anxiety or is it supporting what you need like I don't know the answer I'm just I don't know the wondering answer, but I'm going to talk about myself and my experience I think both because I think it's protecting me right it's mm-hmm. supporting what I need but it's also not allowing me to practice. Oh, yes. Right? There's that practice. The practice. <laughs> We're going to go back to practicing the calming, the control. Another way I find that I'm protecting myself is I tend to gravitate toward leadership positions mm-hmm. because then I do have the control. That's an interesting <laughs> way to do it. I feel like I can relate to that. I guess I just thought I was a leader, but... <laughs> If I am, no, there's a reason. I mean, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest with myself, it might be because of that too. Yeah, I like to boss people around. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, and I remember you had say you were saying um, that you didn't like the infertility because the word infertility. Oh, yeah, because you couldn't win then. Right, right. <laughs> it's that whole yeah. thing of. If you doing are, it right yeah. and in the order that we were taught. Yeah. So like if you're in yeah, yeah. the control piece of it. Yes. Obviously going through infertility. Mm-hmm. I have to say the word. <laughs> I'm making um, her say it, people. Yeah, she's, a, I, she's gotten her first step closer <laughs> to I actually have said it once, but anyways. Um it was unexpected. And what I've learned through this whole journey is that it seems to me that the unexpected in our life, which makes us oftentimes feel the most out of control, has been, for me, my greatest lessons and my greatest gifts. That's interesting. I mean, being divorced from someone that... Um, was addicted to drugs, was not in the plans. That was very unexpected, but it taught me 
about resilience. Well, definitely resilience. <laughs> also, um, just acceptance. Uh, yes, exactly. I'm, I'm gonna just keep feeding <laughs> what else brain did it with teach words. Me? What else did it teach me, Shannon? You were kind of there, so no, but it it allowed me to realize that not everything was going to be in my control. That was the first thing actually in my life that had me. Oh, I'm lost. You have to give me more words. <laughs> I would have to say that that was one of the biggest life changing, unexpected, out of control situations I had ever been in. It was a time to practice not being in control. You're absolutely right. You couldn't control what your ex-husband was going to be doing, right? You couldn't control any aspect of somebody else's life. You were thrown a curveball in that moment of your life. You had to change the plans that you had originally set for yourself. You had to move on to a plan B. That's a really, that's also a hard one for me is even just changing the plan. Right. Because that change (laughs) overall change is just hard, right? Yes. Yes. And I think that when we are forced to change, even actually not even forced, because even if it's a choice to change, Mm -hmm. you are a little bit out of control. Yes. Because you don't know what the future is going to hold because you're having to switch from a plan A to a plan B. And the reality is no one, even when they think they're in control, isn't able to plan the future. A curveball can be sent to any of us at any time. And then you, yeah, and you think about life just as a whole. Sometimes, sometimes what we need is that change. Sometimes we need the plan B. Oh, I'm so grateful for plan whatever I'm on because it doesn't even seem like B anymore. (laughs) I'm on like, I'm halfway down the alphabet. (laughs) Plan M. Yes. But I love plan M. (laughs) Maybe you're on plan J. J for Jude. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's me. I'm even further down the alphabet. I'm like on T. Plan T for twins. Yes. (laughs) That was a major curveball. Yes. <laughs> Overall, the expected, what we think we are in control of, that plan A, it's what keeps us going. Mm-hmm. And then those curveballs, the changes, those things that force us to be out of control, uncomfortable, those are the unexpected things in our lives. But they change our lives. They change our being. They change mm-hmm. who we are. They change the way we think about things. And if we're using our heart lens, hopefully it's for the better. Yeah, I right? mean. Because we could choose. I could have stayed married to my ex-husband and gone down a dark, dark path. Or we could have, I mean, we were sad through infertility, right? But we didn't let us, we didn't let it stop us. Right. And that unknown of what could be is scary. Yes. <laughs> and when we know what's happening, that's when we feel calm. So to get the control back, 
mm-hmm. helps us feel calmer. But I think we just need to realize that there are so many things that are out of our control and that we can only control ourselves, our thoughts, how we speak to ourselves, how yes. we're handling all of the changes. That's what we can control. Another way to maybe work on control in a positive way might be through manifesting. I feel like manifesting is a way of thinking and it's a practice of positive thinking. But then I guess sometimes I am asking myself, what's the difference between trying to manifest something and control something? I think maybe like when you become so obsessed about the manifestation that you're then you're trying to control it. Sure, that makes sense. Like you're in your head about it versus in your heart about it. So you want to be thinking with your heart mm-hmm. lens. Yeah. Versus your brain. Yeah. Don't don't use your brain that anymore. That darn brain. <laughs> it has so many thoughts trying to control things. It's so <laughs> tricky. I do often tell my eight-year-old that her brain tricks her. It's true. Our brain does play tricks on us. Our heart generally isn't such a trickster, though. You know, most of us, I feel like, follow our brain more often because our culture is almost, you know, this is what you need to do. And we've moved away from following our, our dreams that live in our heart. So we need to be mindful of the practice of showing up for yourself, knowing that you are not going to be in control, knowing that some things are out of your control and that they are going to take you on a different path. That path can be scary, but looking back on our paths, we have found so much joy in those plan Bs. Yes. Wouldn't have known that before, before we made it to this side of the journey, but it was worth all the tears shed. (laughs) That's for sure. For all of the listeners right now, I want you to just take a pause and I want you to identify for yourself the things that you are in control of right now in this moment and let everything else fall into place. And today's episode, we are going to leave you with a quote from the Rolling Stones song. And Jess is going to um, sing for all of you. (laughs) But before I sing, (laughs) I want you to know I used to cry in my room about this song because I was like, well, when I sing it, you'll know why. But I still cry in my room when I hear and sing this song because it's so true and it goes you can't always get what you want but if you try sometimes you might just find you get get what what you you need need. now everybody is gonna google that song or put (laughs) it on your song put it on your radio so that you can also get what you need this week Thank you for listening and being a part of our community. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to connect, we can be reached at podcast from there to here at Gmail. We We hope hope you continue continue on this journey with us. us.